Hey everybody, welcome to the first Sunday in June. Welcome to the Good Hope Missionary Baptist Church, I Hope Church Offering. I'm Dr. D.Z. Cofield, Senior Pastor here at the Good Hope Missionary Baptist Church. And before I go any further, thank you for the privilege of your time. Thank you for taking time out of your schedule wherever you are and worshiping with us on today. Now, we don't take it for granted, and I recognize and know that you're not watching to make me a big preacher or to make us a big church. We are here to help you become the biggest and best Christian you can possibly be. I don't want you to be a spiritual victim. I want you to walk in victory, and that's our goal, and that's what we want to accomplish for you and with you on today. Now, please, ma'am, please, sir, like us, love us, share us with family members and friends. Remember, we're being watched in 143 countries, and we want you to help us spread the word and let people know there's never been a better time for hope. Our scripture reading today comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 beginning at verse 1, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation of the Bible. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, beginning at verse 1. Here is the word of the Lord. If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't have, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possess all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it, but if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Love is patient. And kind, love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of wrong being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless, but love will last forever. Now our knowledge is partial and incomplete, and even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the whole picture. But when full understanding comes, these partial things will become useless. When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. Now we see things imperfectly as in a cloudy mirror, but then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete. But then I will know everything completely, just as God now knows me completely. 
Three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. I have read for you 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 1 through 13 from the New Living Translation of the Scriptures. This is the Word of God for the people of God, and our proper response is, thanks be to God. Let's go to God in prayer and ask God's blessings on our time today. Father, we thank you and we bless you. For this day, we pray now, God, that everything that we do and everything that we say, that it will be pleasing in your sight. Let our worship be acceptable to you. Our worship in song, our worship in prayer, our worship in the reading of the word of God, our worship around the Holy Communion, our worship in the preaching of your word. God, may our worship be acceptable in your sight and help us to be reminded that you live inside of us and worship is not an event, it's a lifestyle. And remind us, God, that you are with us always. And so we are to honor you always. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, as we prepare for the Holy Communion, I hope and pray that you have pulled your elements out. Those of you who are sharing with us at home, uh, I hope and pray that you have pulled out your fruit of the vine and your unleavened bread, your juice, your crackers, your wine, your communion wafers, your matzah, whatever it is that you have prepared for this communion setting. And if you haven't done it yet, you go ahead on and get it. And let me talk just for a moment about the importance of celebrating this. Jesus said, as often as you do this, do so in remembrance of me. And as we are preparing to celebrate this Lord's Supper, here's my hope and my prayer, that you are coming with a spirit of worship, that you're coming to worship him because of the provision that he made that enabled you and enabled me to experience new life in Jesus Christ. You see, without his death, there could have been no burial and there could have been no resurrection. But he was raised in all power. And because he was raised with all power, the Bible says that same resurrection power that raised him is able to raise us to new life as well. So we come to remember the blood, remember the body, the body that was given for us, the blood that was shed for us. And we remember together. We celebrate this meal of the ages with saints who have gone on before us. We celebrate with them who celebrated him. Let's pray and ask God's blessings on the elements. Father, we thank you and bless you for the unleavened bread and the fruit of the vine. We pray now that you will bless it, anoint it, consecrate it that it will remind us of the body and blood of our Savior that was shed for us. Help us to examine ourselves, Lord, that we will not eat or drink damnation to ourselves, but help us to come to this table with the right attitude, committed, 
to honoring you so that we can become more like you. It's in Jesus' name we pray and ask your blessings with thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. The blood that Jesus shed for me way back on Calvary, the blood that gives me strength from day to day, it will never lose its power. Somebody ought to say amen wherever you are, wherever you're watching right now. Come on, sing it with us. The blood. The blood. The blood that Jesus, Jesus shed for shed me. Shed for me. Ah, way back on Calvary. Way back on Calvary. On Calvary. The blood that gives me strength. The blood that gives me strength. From day to day. From day to day. It will never. It will never. Come on, let's sing that second verse together. It soothes my doubts and it calms my fears. It soothes my doubts and calms my fears. Lord, have mercy and it dries all of my tears. And it dries all every one of my all tears, of my tears. Oh, the blood. oh the blood the blood that gives me that strength gives me strength from day to day from day yes sir to Power. Never lose its power. Come on, let's sing that chorus one time together. It reaches to the highest mountain. It reaches yes, Lord. to the highest, to the highest mountain. mountain. Ah, but come on, somebody, you were down in the lowest valley. Thank God the blood flows, flows to the lowest valley. To the lowest from the uttermost to the guttermost. Valley. Yes, sir, that's how the oh, blood works. Yeah, yeah. Ah, but thank, thank God, God for the blood. That blood that gives me strength. That gives me strength. Lord Jesus. Not one day, not two days, but from, from day to day. Day, day to day. Yes, Lord, it will never lose. Never lose. Never lose, never lose, never lose. Never lose its power. When supper was ended, Jesus took the bread, the, the unleavened bread. He said, this is my body which is given for you. As often as you eat this, do so in remembrance of me. Let us eat and remember together. 
Likewise, he took the cup, the fruit of the vine, and after he blessed it, he poured it and gave it to his disciples. He said, take drink. This is my blood. This is a new covenant. Without the shedding of blood, there could be no remission of sins. The old song said, what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Let's drink and remember his shed blood together. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the opportunity to worship you around this Holy Communion table. And we pray now that our worship has been acceptable in your sight. We thank you and we bless you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Now, let me take this opportunity to congratulate two of our leaders for tremendous leadership in our ministry. We want to congratulate Minister John Burroughs and Deaconess Cheryl Phillips. They have served as leaders in our children's ministry and specifically leaders of our Awana ministry for the last 20 years. And man, that deserves a hand. We are so grateful and thankful for the Awana ministry. We started it many, many years ago and it's designed to help disciple children up through 18 years of age. This program helps to share with them the gospel in terms of evangelism, but also to teach them and train them in terms of edification to help build them up. And man, it's such a joy to see children excited about learning about God, memorizing scripture, learning how to be who God wants them to be in an age-appropriate, generationally relevant way. And that's what Awana does. And I want to thank Minister John Burroughs and Deaconess Cheryl Phillips for a tremendous job in leading this ministry over the last 20 years. Countless numbers of children and families have been blessed by this ministry. Many of them now in college, some of them adults have their own children who they bring back to Awana to get that spiritual foundation laid in the lives and hearts of their children and we're grateful to the Lord for that. I also got to tell you, June the 3rd, June the 3rd, I'm not making this up. It's National Donut Day. So we're celebrating on our campus today with National Donut Day. Now listen, there was a big debate about who has the best donuts and if you're in the Houston metropolitan area, you already know. Some were arguing for Shipley's, some were arguing for Dunkin' Donuts, some were arguing for Krispy Kreme. Wasn't a whole lot of Krispy Kreme folk arguing, to be honest with you. We didn't have a lot of them on the call. But those are the three major chains. But National Donuts Day is a day that we're going to honor and celebrate here at our church. We're going to have a good time of fellowship. We're going to have some donuts. We're going to have some coffee, some water, some, some, some juice, some milk. We're going to celebrate with our children, celebrate with our families, and just have a great day of fellowship. Man, I don't know about you. These last two years have been brutal. They have been absolutely brutal. And it just seems like with the inactivity over the last two years, 
Plus, we've seen a number of people who just haven't been able to re-engage. It's almost like a car that's sitting there that was running real good, but you haven't gone out and started it in the last two years. You haven't driven it in the last two years. And now you go out and man, maybe the battery is dead. Maybe some of the hoses have dry rotted. Uh, maybe the fuel or the filters have to be changed, right? Just not where it was when you stopped driving it two years ago. There are many of us who are at that place personally and physically right now. So I wanna encourage you, if you're in the Houston metropolitan area, come on out and join us for National Donut Day, all right? Listen, where are all the June birthdays? Wherever you are, stand on your feet, get ready to dance like it's 1999. It's a poor dog that won't wag its own tail. Celebrate your birthday today. Come on, we're going to sing happy birthday to you. Well, we're singing happy. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Well, we're singing happy. Oh Lord, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Well, you look good. Don't you know you look fine? We hope you have. Hey, we're singing happy. Ooh, we're singing happy. Yeah, we're singing happy. Happy birthday to you. Yeah. Yeah, yes. Man, I'm grateful to God for all of the June birthdays and want to send a special shout out uh, to my two oldest children who both celebrate birthdays in this month. Tiffany, my oldest, my favorite daughter, and she will remind me her, my only daughter, and uh, my oldest son, Marcus. Happy birthday to both of them, and happy birthday to all of you who are celebrating June birthdays. Now, we're going to worship the Lord in song, and following that, we'll have our word for today. Man, I am so excited about this word because I believe God wants to use this word not just to challenge you and convict you, but even more than that, to change you. Now, you got to remember, change doesn't happen simply because you hear the word change happens when you make a commitment and do what you need to do to live it and put it into practice. So let's worship the Lord together and we'll come back for our word for today. All right, good hope family. Time to get up on your feet. Come on, we got to praise the Lord our God in here. Now it's a simple song, but it's a true statement. He's been good. So if you know that you know, then act like you know. Let's go. Oh, I am one happy soul. I've got goodness untold. I've got another day. I've got a lot to say. Shine is my bottom line. 
for what God has done, grateful for his goodness. Come on, clap your hands and give God praise. Hallelujah. He has. He's good. Glory to the Lord. Little song, just a reminder. Our parents taught us when somebody does something nice for you, you say what? 
So we want you to just remember in everything that you do, whatever happens in your life, remember to tell God thank you. Hallelujah. Real simple song says this. Make sure you tell God thank you. Make sure you tell God thank you for He's done all victories He's won. Make sure you say thank you. Real simple. Come on, sing with us, everybody. Make sure. Tell the Lord, thank you. Make sure. Tell God. For Make sure you say thank you. One more time, y'all. Can we put some harmony on it, y'all? Say, make sure, say, make sure. Tell God for everything He's done for you. Make sure. Tell God. In the book of Psalms 100, we're instructed to enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise, where it says, be thankful unto him and bless his name. Why? Because the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures for all generations. The word of God goes on to say, oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wondrous works to the children of men. Is there anybody in the house that has something to tell God thank you for? Just lift your hand and lift your voice now and tell God thank you. Hallelujah. Come on, just sing this little praise with us. It goes like this. Thank you. Somebody lift your hands and sing that with us. Thank you, Jesus. Say, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Lord. We thank you. Because if it had not been for you on our side, we don't know where we would be. Come on. Say, Thank you, Jesus. 
tell you what a blessing to have E5S back in the house. Uh, this is a group of people who commit to singing four times a year and man they hadn't sung in some time because of COVID uh, but I want to thank them for allowing the Lord to use them. Uh, God is good. God is good man. We want to thank Minister J.P. Whitaker for letting the Lord use him and then tell the Lord thank you. Tell God Thank you. You know, it's amazing to me how we want our children to tell us thank you. We teach them to tell us thank you because we want them to have an attitude of gratitude. We want them to recognize that people don't have to be nice. People don't have to be good. Some people choose not to be. So when somebody is nice to you, you ought to say thank you. But it's amazing how many times people get up, for example, every morning and never stop to tell the Lord, thank you for the gift of life and the gift of another day. So we stop for this moment and say, Lord, thank you. And I hope and pray that you did the same thing. Let's go to God in prayer and ask God's blessings on our time today. God, we thank you and we bless you for this day. I pray now that you will bless your word as it goes forth. Use it as you see fit to encourage and help somebody along the way so that they would be more than hearers. Help them to be doers of your word. We love you and we thank these blessings. Thank you for these blessings. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So how many of you have seen people 
after COVID and you were just grateful that they were still alive, right? Now, typically I've been running into people and they're grayer than they were prior to COVID. I'm not sure if they were grayer prior to COVID or not and they were just coloring everything, but they just decided over the last two years they're not coloring their hair to go nowhere, right? They're not trying to impress anybody. So you just see them. So some folk look older, some folk are acting older. I'm not sure if being in for the last two years and being inactive has not caused us to age somewhat in terms of the use or lack of use of our limbs and our bodily parts. But have you run into somebody, especially a young person, that you haven't seen for the last two or three years or so and been shocked at their growth? So we have several young people in our church. It happens a lot with children, right? Because we have a children's church and a children's ministry, so our children are typically over there. So they will go over there for children's ministry literally at two, three, four years old, and I may not see them for four or five years in terms of in person to know who they are until we have family worship time. And when we have family worship time and everybody comes into the sanctuary to worship together, right? They have family worship time, and man, here comes this young man. Typically, it's a young man, and I look at him, and I said, oh, my God, what have you been eating? Look at how you have grown. I mean, one young man, I was looking at him, and I remember the last time I remember seeing him, he was about waist high, and now I'm looking at him eye to eye. I remarked at the growth that was evident in his life. I have not seen him physically during the growth spurt. So the growth spurt was that much more noticeable when I saw him walk up to me. My brothers and sisters, if somebody walked up to you today, could they comment on your growth? If they observed you for a moment, would they be able to say, wow, look at how you have grown? Not physically, not taking into account COVID weight that you've picked up, but could they comment how you have grown in terms of your spirit? See, I submit to you, my brothers and sisters, that the overwhelming majority of us, we pray and we want to grow. Some pray spiritually and say, I want to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Some will pray and say, uh, Lord, I want to become more spiritually disciplined. Maybe you're praying and asking God uh, to help you grow in your prayer life, for example. But there's one area that very, very few people pray. And that's praying to grow in love, to grow in love, to grow in how you love other people. Today, for a few moments, I want to talk to you from the thought how to grow in loving others, how to grow in loving others. Over the past couple of weeks, we've been talking about how to give God's love to others. But today, I want to talk to you from the thought how to grow in giving love to others. 
Because I submit to you today, my brothers and sisters, that there are some of you who are listening who are giving love, but you haven't been growing in your love. Our text today, foundationally, comes from 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 12 and 13. Now, what's interesting about this idea of growing in love, uh, there are many believers who want to grow in comfort. They want to grow in the accumulation of, as my late pastor, Dr. A. Lewis Patterson, would say, cars, cash, commodities, and creature comforts. But the truth of the matter is, God wants us to grow in our ability to love, in our ability to love others so that he can bless us even more in our lives. How to grow in loving others. Here's the first thing I want you to see. Number one, you must grow in how you love. You must grow in how you love. Look at 1 Thessalonians 3, verse 12. The ESV translation says, And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all as we do for you. May the Lord make you. Let's stop right there. May the Lord make you. Paul says that every one of us must learn to grow in love. But here's what's interesting. When he talks about growing in love, he doesn't talk about growing in love and you having the ability to do it in and of yourself. He says, may the Lord make you increase and abound in love. Uh, That word Lord literally means to have power or authority over. It's the Greek word kurios. And it's used many times and translated Lord or master or in some places owner. It is recognizing the authority that one has over another. Paul is talking to the church at Thessalonica and he says, may the Lord, may the Lord make you. So in other words, he's saying this is a divinely orchestrated action. This is not something that you can find in and of yourself. My brothers and sisters, let me encourage somebody in here to know you can only go so far when you are trying to grow in spirituality and grow in your flesh. There's only so far you can go because your flesh is only going to let you go but so far. So you have to rely on your spirit and rest in the power of God to make you into what you cannot make yourself. And here's what Paul wants you to know. The source of love is the Lord. There's no other source, not for the kind of love that God wants you to show. He basically wants you to grow in a God love that only God can give. That's where we get that idea, right, from Uh, agape. This is a love that could love those that you typically would ignore, neglect, abuse, uh, those who you would normally take advantage of, especially if they've taken advantage of you. Paul says you've got to go to God and trust God to make you 
make you. I need somebody right now just to say, Lord, make me. Lord, make me. See, see, here's what I've learned. There's some things you're not going to do in your flesh unless God makes you do it in your spirit. There is this divine coercion that has to take place in order to ultimately get you where you need to be. Uh, Most people, most people don't have the discipline to push themselves or train themselves as they would respond if they had a personal trainer. Now, I'm not saying you don't have the discipline to go to the gym. I'm not saying you don't have the discipline to get on the weights or do your cardio. What I am saying, though, is that the overwhelming majority of people do better when they have a personal trainer, when they have somebody who is holding them accountable and pushing them beyond where their body wants to quit. And so here is Paul basically saying, the Lord, you need to ask him to make you. Let him train you when we talk about love. Because Paul says you need divine help if you're going to grow in your ability to love others in a divine way. Let me say it again in case you missed it. You need divine help to help you grow in your ability to love others in a divine way. If you're not loving others in a divine way and you are loving them in a human way, then you're not loving them God's way. And God says, I need to see my love coming forth from you because I gave you my love. This this is a selfless love, a sacrificial love, a sovereignly supreme love. Watch what he says. Look at verse 12. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love. Increase means to multiply over and over. To abound means to excel, means to overflow. It means to grow in that love. this, This is love on top of love, right? This is increase your love where you are and then sustain it at that level once you level up your love. So don't love for a moment and then go back down to where you used to be. He says, no, 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 no. You ask God to make you love and increase your love and then help your love abound and continue on. But Paul says, I don't want you to stop at how you love. Here's the second thing I want you to see if you're going to grow in loving others. Number two, you must grow in who you love. You must grow in who you love. It's right here in the text. Watch what the end of verse 12 says. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love. Here it is. For one another and for all as we do for you. Now, when we typically think of love, we're thinking about the people who are easy to love. We're thinking about the people that we like. We're thinking about the people who we deem to deserve our love. And and let's be honest, let's be honest. It's easier to love people that you love. It's easier to love people that you like. But Paul says, 
all of us need to grow in love in terms of how we love, but all of us need to grow in who we love. He says this love is to abound and multiply, to excel and overflow. And and watch what he says. Look at what he says. He says, you are to love one another. So Paul says, let's, let's cover this thing as believers. Now, in 1 Thessalonians, Paul had to address some issues that the Thessalonians were dealing with. Uh, there was some division. There was some confusion. Uh, there was some uh, bad feelings that was, that was, that was keeping them from, from being the church that God wanted them to be. And, and so Paul had to address that in 1 Thessalonians. So he comes back now uh, to encourage them that the love that has started needs to continue and they are to love one another. Now, remember, Paul is very clear. You cannot love God, right? Remember whom you have not seen and can't love your brothers and sisters who you see every day. So there's this sense of as believers, this is a testimony that you love one another. But Paul doesn't stop there. Look at the second thing he says. Love all people. It's right there. He says, love for one another and for all. Not just other believers. He says, no, child of God, you need to pray and ask for divine assistance, supernatural help to love not just your brothers and sisters, but you got to learn how to love everybody. Listen, let me put a quarter meter and park right here for somebody. Watch this. I hope you would agree with me. If not, just keep on living. There are some people that you are not going to be able to love without God's help. There are some people in your life probably right now that make you pray in order to love them. They get you so angry. They get you so mad by what they do and what they say. And you've got to pray and ask the Holy Ghost to help you love them the way God loves you. Because watch what Paul says. He says, love for one another and for all as we do for you. He says, make sure your love multiplies and it is sustained. Now. Let's go to Matthew chapter 5 because this is, this is where that love thing kind of gets sticky when we talk about who to love. Verse 43, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. For he makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. That word for perfect there does not refer to a sinlessness as much as a completion, that you must be complete in how you love. Because here's what 
Jesus says in Matthew 5, Jesus says, if you only love the lovable, then your love is not even evidence of your salvation and your encounter with God. Because even sinners love the lovable. Even those who don't know Jesus love their friends. He says the real evidence that you have been touched by the love of God is your ability to love the people that only God can love. This means you're required to love the unattractive. You're required to love the the hateful, the enemy, the murderer. Uh, You're required to love the widow and the widower who can do nothing for you in response. You're required to love the unclean, the homeless, the prisoner. You're required to love the oppressor, the sinner, the opponent, the dictator. You, You are required to love. Now, I know what some of you are saying. Man, how can I love those people? How can I, how can I abound in love for them? How can my love for those who do evil to me and who treat me as an enemy, how can I love them? Is it humanly possible to love them? And here's what I hear Paul saying to you and me. It is not humanly possible to love them. That's why you need divine help to love them. That's why he said, Lord, ask God to make you. Ask God to help you, assist you. Because there's only one way you can love like God loves, and that's to have God's power move you to the place where the love that you receive from him is the love that you give to others. You can only love God's way with God's power. You will only love the way God commands when you pray and ask God to give you the power to love that way. See, this love is not a a, a whimsical feeling. This love is not rooted in eroticism. This Love is not rooted in agreement with somebody. It's the love of God for the ungodly. Look at Romans 5, 6. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. The ungodly, that's how we were loved. It's a love not only for the ungodly, it's the love of God for unworthy sinners. Look at Romans 5, 8. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. He didn't send Jesus to die for us when we were saints. He gave us and sent us his son while we were sinners. But but listen, listen. He didn't only send his son when we were ungodly. He didn't only send his son when we were unworthy sinners. It is the love of God for undeserving enemies as well. Look at Romans 5, 10. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life 
of his son. So we weren't only sinners. We, we weren't only ungodly and unworthy. We were deemed and declared to be enemies of God. But even his enemies, that's you and me before we were saved, could be loved into the family of God. Paul says, I need you all to be loved. Recognize the love that's loved you into the family and, and, and adjust who you are loving. Uh, Romans 12, verse 9, check it out. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Here's the third and final thing. Number three, you must grow in why you love. I told you first, you must grow in how you love. Secondly, you must grow in who you love. Thirdly, you must grow in why you love. Watch what Paul says in verse 13. So that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. Can I ask you a question? Why do you love? Most of us, if we're honest, we love and we love best those that we want the most from. We give love so we can get what we want. Now, we may not continue to give love once we get it, but we give love to get what we want. Paul says in the kingdom economy of God, we love as evidence that we are children of God, that he is not just our savior, but he is our Lord. And when we evidence that love, look at what the text says. He establishes our hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. Uh, that idea of establishing our hearts uh, is to confirm, is to fix, is to set, and it's almost like setting in stone, right? That he establishes our, our hearts, and he establishes uh, our hearts blameless, Literally, it means to be free from fault, to be unblameable. He says he can, when, when we love like we should, he can establish our hearts blameless before God. Now, now listen to me carefully. Don't miss this. He says, establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father. That idea of holiness means to be set apart, right, or separated to God. Not separated from God, but separated to God, consecrated, dedicated to God. So here's basically what Paul is saying to you and to me. We are to grow in why we love. I submit to you, my brothers and sisters, that there are many of us who love others out of convenience and not out of commitment. We love others when they are lovable or when they love us. 
But there are too many who name the name of Jesus who can cuss folk out when they do them wrong and feel justified. And and Paul says, no, 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 no. He says the evidence that you've been changed is your ability to love. And the greater evidence that you've been changed is evidence when you grow in that love. When you love others the way God loves, you allow God to change who you are on the inside. And when God changes you on the inside, you show evidence by how you love on the outside. And when you show evidence of who you are on the inside by how you love on the outside, then you let God know where you want to spend eternity. Look at Colossians 3, verse 1 and the following verses. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. First Peter chapter 5, verse 4. Let's read it together, if you will, wherever you are. And when the great shepherd appears, you will receive a crown of never-ending glory and honor. Love gets you to glory. Love is the passport into heaven. Not just the receiving of God's love, but being a conduit and a giver of God's love. And Paul lets us know and reminds us today that to love God's way, we can't do it without God's power. If you're going to grow in loving others, you've got to know how to love. You got to grow in how you love. You got to grow in who you love. And you have to grow in why you love. And when you love the way God wants you to love, you will hear the Lord say, well done, good and faithful servant. Many years ago, there was a song that was popularized by the legendary singer Dionne Warwick. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. It's the only thing that there's much too little of. The lyrics of that song sung some 50 years ago are still appropriate today. But I want to challenge you as a child of God to recognize that what the world needs now is not just love, sweet love, but the world needs God's love. And they will only see God's love when you grow in your love so that divine love can be expressed through you. Let's pray. God, thank you for this day. Thank you for challenging us and teaching us that we must grow in love. Somebody under the sound of my voice who has become static in their giving of love. 
God, you remind us in the scriptures, love is patient. But help us show that patience in showing your love. We know that love is kind. Now help us to show that divine kindness when we love. We know that love does not boast. Help us to show your love in humility. We know that love is not arrogant or prideful. Help us to not show love out of a place of arrogance or pride. We know that love is not selfish or self-seeking. God, help us now to show your love to others in a way that when we model that love, our love does not come across as selfish or self-seeking. Help us, God, to grow in loving others. Because we recognize that when we grow in loving others, we are not only a blessing to others, but we are blessed as well. Because it is in growing in our love that we grow in you. We thank you and we ask these blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. We thank God and praise God for you being with us on today. Now listen, let me say to you, uh, thank you for sharing with us. If you are watching right now and you want to receive God's love for you, you want to experience God's love in your life, uh, the love of God is available for you. And here's the wonderful thing about God's love. Remember what I said, even when you were an undeserving enemy, that means you didn't know him in the pardon of your sins and you were doing everything contrary to God's word and God's will. God loves you right where you are. If you want to ask Jesus Christ into your life, I want to give you an opportunity to do so on today. If you would click on the link that say, I want to become a Christian. I want to be saved. I want to give my life to God. I can walk you through be a video how to ask the Lord into your life. Um, this past week, uh, we did the funeral of a young man here at our church, 29 years old. And needless to say, there were a lot of people who were here. Uh, he was not a churchy young man. Although there were those who testified that he knew the Lord. Uh, but I can tell you that there were a lot of people here who who were dealing with that death in a very difficult way. And we were blessed to be able to present the gospel and have uh, 16 people acknowledge their acceptance of the Lord as their savior at that service. Um, the same thing can happen for you right now. You can give your life to Jesus Christ if you click on that link. If you're at a season in your life where you're looking for a church home and you are sensing that this is where God wants you to be for this season of your life, uh, then just click on a link that says, I want to join the church. And I'm grateful every month this year, uh, we've had people who have been uniting with our church either in person or on the digital platform or both. Uh, we've been baptizing this year. Um, as the old preacher would say, the pool is still wet. People are still coming and giving their life to the Lord. Uh, families, uh, children, youth, and we're grateful and thankful for what the Lord is doing in the life 
of men, women, boys, and girls through the Good Hope Church. Now, for those of you who would like to worship the Lord in giving, man, let me thank you for your giving. I know things are tough out here, but I want to thank you for your obedience in your giving, your obedience to the Spirit of God as God is leading you, your obedience to your teaching. Um, I want to commend those of you who have said, even though I've got additional bills and expenses are going up, you know what? I'm going to still give as God commands me to give. I'm going to cut back on some other stuff. I'm going to cut back on some some coffee. I'm going to cut back on some donuts. I'm going to cut back on eating out. I may pack my lunch, but I'm going to continue to be faithful to God in my giving. And I want you to know that your giving here at the Good Hope Church not only touches people in time, but it touches people in eternity as well. We're literally seeing people give their life to the Lord and change the trajectory trajectory of their families on earth and make them heaven bound because of your giving. Our youth diversionary program had an opportunity to go down and share with several of the young men there. And, you know, I'm old enough to be their grandfather. I told them that one of them said, well, how old are you? And when I told him how old I was, he said, yeah, you are. And, uh, but it was great to be able to just, uh, as, as the young people would say, kick some knowledge to them and help them to level up in their decision-making and in their living. All of that happens because of your faithfulness in your giving. Our counseling ministry is doing a tremendous job counseling people from all over the country. We're about to launch our virtual uh, prayer ministry and our men's and women's teaching components out of our church. We're excited about that. So, so much is going on both on the digital platform and in person, and it's happening because of your faithfulness. Thank you for your faithfulness in your giving. All right? Now, I think that's about everything. I think that's about it. Don't forget, we're celebrating National Donut Day today. So if you can't get the good hope, you have my permission. And go get your donut somewhere and tell them you're celebrating National Donut Day. All right? Until next time, God bless is my prayer. Remember, God is doing something wonderful in you. God is doing something wonderful in me. Sometimes the process can be painful. Sometimes the process can be prolonged. But just trust God and hold on. Because at the end, the process is always profitable. All right? God bless. Oh, wait. Let me tell you this. In June, I forgot to tell you. Man, I'm going to be celebrating my 28th preaching anniversary here at the Good Hope Church, my 28th pastoral anniversary. Man, I've got some guests coming in. And remember, our service is live 10 o'clock each Sunday. And man, we're just gonna have a great time. If you can't make it, I understand. We're celebrating on the second Sunday and the fourth Sunday. Uh, Pastor Paul Landrew, my friend, is coming to preach live for us here at the Good Hope Church on the second Sunday. And then my great friend, Pastor Johnny Green from the Mount Nebo Baptist Church in Harlem, New York, will be here. And man, these are two brothers that I love to death, love to life, and uh, they're going to come and share with us. And uh, man, we're looking forward to a great time, and we won't forget about you on the digital platform. We're going to be right here celebrating with you. All right? Until next time, God bless is my prayer. 
Good morning, Good Hope, and how good it is for us to be here together. Sunday morning is here, and how grateful we are to the Lord for allowing us to come together and experience His power and His presence. I just got a quick announcement. Uh, June the 19th, look at somebody and say June the 19th. That's the third Sunday in June. We've got a trio day where we are celebrating three major events. Well, first event that we're celebrating will be the class of 2022. How excited we are and we're so glad that uh that the Lord has blessed you and graced you to come to this point. So we're grad so we're celebrating all of our graduates. Thank you parents for getting those names in. Thank you for letting, letting us know uh, what, what their accomplishments have been. We are so excited for that day. And if you have not reached out to Miss Kimberly Smith, please do so about the uh, photos and things of the nature that, that she needs. Please get that to her as soon as possible. So June 19th, we will be celebrating the class of 2022. But then, Secondly, we will be as a church celebrating School Spirit Day. I'm calling out all of my Jack Yates family, all of my people from Sterling, all of my people from TSU, and everybody who's got your, T, uh, your, your uh, fraternity and sorority letters. I want the whole church, all of us, we will be together and we will be celebrating school spirit. So on that day, wear your paraphernalia, your memorabilia. We want to see it. And on third Sunday as well, we are celebrating fathers. Thank God for fathers. Thank God for fathers, earthly fathers, eternal fathers, and those who are mentors to us. So on June the 19th, that's a day you don't want to miss. We will be celebrating all day Sunday morning, class of 2022, school spirit day, and Father's Day. You don't want to miss it. God bless you. I'll see you third Sunday. family. These are our missions moments. Dive in and see what God has in store for us. This week as a church family, we'll be praying for the Sloans in Uganda. We will praise God for watching over them in their journey and pray that they finish well in their language learning phase of God's preparation phase for them. Matthew 9, 37-38 reads, Let's also pray that the Lord of the harvest send out more laborers into his harvest. Our food pantry volunteers, you rock! Thanks so much for your consistency and your willingness to serve on a weekly basis. We had a great time at the beacon praying with and for our less fortunate friends this week. If you haven't poked your head in, you should because we only have two more weeks of our health program in the fellowship hall Saturday at 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. This Saturday, I'll be leading us in a short physical activity. Good Hope's financial management ministry teaches biblical financial principles regarding debt, savings, giving, and credit. If you're interested in serving, please contact Deacon Wilridge. 
A message from the slums. I had the privilege of meeting and befriending Luca, who was a very active seven-year-old, like my grandson. He was with his mom, who trains the volunteers in the German program. Since there weren't many other kids around there that was his age, we spent time with him in the evening, teaching him some basketball, basic shooting, and dribbling. He was so much fun to be with, and he didn't seem to get tired. He and his mom have now returned to their home in Tanga, off the coast of Tanzania. I hope to see them again. Oh, and believe it or not, I can still touch the rim. <laughs> Shout out to you, Pastor Small, for still being able to touch the rim. Stay tuned for opportunities to serve and join us as we love God, love all people, and change the world in order to make disciples of Jesus Christ. Glory. 